0: Book One, Chapter Six of Arachne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. Arachne by Georg Ebers, translated by Mary J. Safford. Book One, Chapter Six. As soon as hermann had disappeared behind the door, Daphne begged Myrtalus to accompany her into the tent. After taking their seats there the anxious exclamation escaped her lips. How excited he became again! The stay in tennis does not seem to agree with you. You are coughing, and father expected so much benefit to your ailment from the pure moist air, and to Herman still more from the lonely life here in your society, but I have rarely seen him more strongly enlisted in behalf of the tendency opposed to beauty. Then your father must be satisfied with the good effect which our residence here has exerted upon me, replied Myrtilus. I know that he was thinking of my illness when he proposed to us to complete his commissions here. Herman, the good fellow, could never have been induced to leave his Alexandria, had not the hope of thereby doing me a kindness induced him to follow me. I will add it to the many for which I am already indebted to his friendship. As for art, he will go his own way, and any opposition would be futile. A goddess, he perceives it himself, was certainly the most unfortunate subject possible for his... "'Is his demeter a complete failure?' asked Daphne anxiously. "'Certainly not,' replied Myrtulus eagerly. "'The head is even one of his very best. Only the figure awakens grave doubts. In the effort to be faithful to reality, the fear of making concessions to beauty, he lapsed into ungraceful angularity and a sturdiness which, in my opinion, would be unpleasing even in a mortal woman.' The excess of unbridled power again makes itself visible in the wonderfully gifted man. Many things reached him too late, and others too soon. Daphne eagerly asked what he meant by these words, and Myrtilus replied, Surely you know how he became a sculptor. Your father had intended him to be his successor in business, but Herman felt the vocation to become an artist, probably first in my studio, awake with intense force. While I early placed myself under the instruction of the great Priaxis, he was being trained for a merchant's life. When he was to guide the reed in the counting-house, he sketched. When he was sent to the harbour to direct the loading of the ships, he became absorbed in gazing at the statue's placed there. In the warehouse he secretly modelled, instead of attending to the bales of goods. You are certainly aware what a sad breach occurred then, and how long Herman was restrained before he succeeded in turning his back upon trade. "'My father meant so kindly toward him,' Daphne protested. "'He was appointed guardian to your both. "'You are rich, and therefore he aided in every possible way your taste for art. "'But Herman did not inherit from his parents a single dragme, "'and so my father saw the most serious struggles awaiting him "'if he devoted himself to sculpture. "'And besides, he had destined his nephew to become his successor, "'the head of one of the largest commercial houses in the city. "'And in doing so... "'Mirtilus responded. "'He believed he had made the best provision for his happiness. "'But there is something peculiar in art. "'I know from your father himself how kind his intentions were "'when he withdrew his assistance from Herman, "'and when he had escaped to the island of Rhodes, "'left him to make his own way during the first period of apprenticeship "'through which he passed there. "'Necessity, he thought, would bring him back to where he had a life "'free from anxiety, waiting him. "'But the result was different.' Far be it from me to blame the admirable Arceus, yet had he permitted his ward to follow his true vocation earlier, it would have been better for him. "'Then you think that he began to study too late?' asked Daphne eagerly. "'Not too late,' was the reply, but with his passionate struggle to advance, an earlier commencement would have been more favourable. While the companions of his own age were already doing independent work, he was still a student.' and so it happened that he began for himself too soon. "'Yet,' Daphne answered, "'can you deny that, directly after Hermann produced his first work, which made his talent undeniable, my father again treated him like his own son?' "'On the contrary,' replied Myrtilus, "'I remember only too well how Arceus at that time, probably not entirely without your intercession, fairly showered gold upon his nephew.' But, unfortunately, this abundance was by no means to his advantage. "'What do you mean?' asked Daphne. "'Were not you, at that very time, in full possession of the great wealth inherited from your father and mother, and yet did you not work far beyond your strength? "'Briaxus,' I heard him, was full of your praises, and yet entreated my father to use all his influence as guardian to warn you against overwork. "'My kind master!' cried Myrtalus, deeply moved, he was as anxious about me as a father, because he perceived that you were destined for great achievements, and because it did not escape his penetration how much I needed care. My lungs, Daphne, my lungs, surely you know how the malicious disease became fatal to my dear mother and to my brother and sister also. All three sank prematurely into the grave, and for years the shades of my parents have been beckoning to me, too. When the cuff shakes my chest, I see Charon raise his oar and invite me also to enter his sable boat. "'But you just assured me that you were doing well,' observed the girl. "'The cuff alone makes me a little anxious. If you could only see for yourself what a beautiful colour the pure air has given your cheeks!' "'This flush,' replied Myrtilus gravely, is the sunset of life's closing day, not the dawn of approaching convalescence. But let us drop the subject. I allude to these sorrowful things only to prevent your praises of me at Hermann's expense. True, even while a student I possessed wealth far beyond my needs, but the early death of my brother and sister had taught me even then to be economical of the brief span of life allotted to me herman on the contrary was overflowing with manly vigour and the strongest among the ephibi in the wrestling school after three nights revel he would not even feel weary and how difficult the women made it for the handsome black-bearded fellow to commence his work early did you ever ask yourself why young steeds are not broken in flowery meadows but upon sand nothing which attracts their attention and awakens their desires must surround them but your father's gold led herman ere the season of apprenticeship was over into the most luxuriant clover fields honour and respect the handsome hot-blooded youth that nevertheless he allowed himself to be diverted from work only a short time and soon resumed it with ardent zeal at first in superabundance and then amid fresh need and privation Oh, Myrtilus, the girl interrupted how terribly i suffered in those days for the first time the gods made me experience that there are black clouds as well as bright sunshine in the human soul for weeks an impassable gulf separated me from my father with whom i had always had one heart and soul but i never saw him as he was then the first prize had been awarded to you for your aphrodite radiant in marvellous beauty and your brow had also been already crowned for your statue of alexander when Herman stepped forward with his works They were, at the same time, the first which were to show what he believed to be the true mission of art, a hideous hawker, hide in hand, praising his wares with open mouth, and the struggling minutes. Surely you know the horrible women who throw one another on the ground, tearing and rending with bestial fury. The spectacle of these fruits of the industry of one dear to me grieved me also, and I could not understand how you and the others saw anything to admire in them and my father at the sight of these things the colour faded from his cheeks and lips and as if by virtue of his guardianship he had a right to direct Herman in the paths of art also he forbade his ward to waste any more time in such horrible scarecrows and awaken loathing and wrath instead of gratification exultation and joy you know the consequences but you do not know how my heart ached when Herman frantic with wounded pride and indignation turned his back upon my father and severed every tie that united him to us in spite of his deep vexation and the unbridled violence with which the nephew had allowed himself to address his uncle my father did not dream of withholding his assistance from him but herman no longer came to our house and when i sent for him to bring him to reason he positively declared that he would not accept another obolus from my father he would rather starve than permit any one to dictate to him in the choice of his subjects liberty was worth more than his uncle's gold yet my father sent him his annual allowance but he refused it added merciless, i remember that day well how i tried to persuade him and when he persisted in his intention besought him to accept from my abundance what he needed but this too he resolutely refused though at that time I was already so deeply in his debt that I could not repay him at all with paltry money.' "'You are thinking of the devotion with which he nursed you when you were so ill?' asked Daphne. "'Certainly. Yet not of that alone,' was the reply. "'You do not know how he stood by me in the worst days. Who was it that after my first great successes, when Bay's envy clouded many an hour of my life, rejoiced with me as though he himself had won the laurel, It was he, the ambitious artist, though recognition held even farther aloof from his creations than success. And when, just at that time, the insidious disease attacked me more cruelly than ever, he devoted himself to me like a loving brother. While formerly, in the overflowing joy of existence, he had reveled all day and caroused all night, how often he paused in the rush of gaiety to exchange the festal hall for a place beside my couch, frequently remaining there until Eos died the East that he might hold my fevered hand and support my shaken frame. Frequently, too, when already garlanded for some gay banquet, he took the flowers from his head and devoted the night to his friend, that he might not leave him to the attendance of the slaves. It is owing to him and the care and skill of the great leech Arasistratus, that I am still standing before you alive, and can praise what my Herman was, and proved himself to me in those days. Yet I must also accuse him of a wrong. To this hour I bear him a grudge for having, in those sorrowful hours, refused to share my property with me fraternally. What manly pride would have cheerfully permitted him to accept was opposed by the defiant desire to show me, your father, you, the whole world, that he would depend upon himself, and needed assistance neither from human beings nor even the gods. In the same way, While working, he obstinately rejected my counsel and my help, though the muse grants me some things which he unfortunately lacks. Great as his talent is, firmly as I believe that he will yet succeed some day in creating something grand, nay, perhaps something mighty, the unbelieving disciple of Straton lacks the power of comprehending the august dignity, the superhuman majesty of the divine nature, and he does not succeed in representing the bewitching charm of woman, because he hates it, as the bull hates a red rag. Only once hitherto has he been successful, and that was with your bust. Daphne's cheeks suddenly flamed with a burning flush, and feeling it, she raised her feather fan to her eyes, and with forced indifference murmured, We were good friends from our earliest childhood, and besides, how small is the charm with which the artist who chooses me for a model has to deal? "'It is rather an unusually fascinating one,' Myrthalus asserted resolutely. "'I have no idea of flattering you, and you are certainly aware that I do not number you among the beauties of Alexandria. But instead of the delicate, symmetrical features which artists need, the gods bestowed upon you a face which wins all hearts, even those of women, because it is a mirror of genuine, helpful, womanly kindness, a sincere disposition, and a healthy, receptive mind.' To reproduce such a face, not exactly beautiful and yet bewitching, is the hardest possible task, and Hermann, I repeat it, has succeeded. You are the only one of your noble sex who inspires the motherless man with respect, and for whom he feels more than a fleeting fancy. What does he not owe you? After the bridge which united him to his uncle and paternal friend had been so suddenly broken, it was you who rebuilt it. Now, I think, it is stronger than ever. I could not imagine anything that would induce him to give you up. And all honor to your father, who, instead of bearing the insubordinate fellow a grudge, only drew him more warmly to his heart and gave us two commissions which will permit each to do his best. If I see clearly, the daughter of Arceus is closely connected with his admirable deed. Of course, replied Daphne, my father discussed his intention with me, but the thought was entirely his own. True, Hermann's street-boy eating figs was not exactly according to his taste, but it pleased him better than his former works, and I agree with Euphryna, it is remarkably true to nature. My father perceived this too. Besides, he is a merchant who sets a high value upon what he has earned, and Hermann's refusal of his gold startled him. Then the good man also saw, how nobly, in spite of his wild life, his obstinacy, and the work so unpleasing to him. His nephew always showed the noble impulses inherited from his brave father, and thus Hermann gained the day. But what would have become of him last year, after the mortifying rejection of his model of the happy return home for the harbour of Eunostus, asked Myrtilus, if you and your encouragement had not cheered him? That verdict, too, was abominable, exclaimed Daphne indignantly. The mother opening her arms to the returning son was unlovely, it is true, and did not please me either. But the youth with the travelling hat and staff is magnificent in his vigor and natural action. That opinion, as you know, is mine also, replied Myrtilus. In the mother, the expression was intended to take the place of beauty. For the returning son, as well as for the fig eater, he found a suitable model. True, the best was at his disposal for his Demeter. Here he hesitated but daphne so urgently asked to know what he who had already denied her admission to the studios was now again withholding from her that smiling indulgently he added then i must probably consent to tell in advance the secret with which you were to be surprised before him as well as before me hovered since you wish to know it in alexandria when we first began to model the head of the goddess a certain charming face which is as dear to one as to the other daphne joyously excited held out her hand to the artist exclaiming oh how kind that is yet how was it possible since i posed neither to him nor to you hermann had finished your bust only a short time before and you permitted me to use your head for my statue of the goddess of peace which went down with the ship on the voyage to ostia this was at the disposal of us both in three or four reproductions and besides It hovered before our mental vision clearly enough. When the time to show you our work arrives, you will be surprised to discover how differently two persons see and copy the same object. "'Now that I know so much, and have a certain share in your works, I insist upon seeing them,' cried Daphne, with far greater impetuosity than usual. "'Tell Herman so, and remind him that I shall at any rate expect him to meet the Pelusinian guests at the banquet.' "'Threaten him seriously with my grave displeasure "'if he persists in leaving it speedily.' "'I will not fail to do my part,' replied Myrtilus. "'But as to your wish to see the two Demeters—' "'That will come to pass,' interrupted Daphne, "'as soon as we three are together again like a clover-leaf.' She returned the sculptor's farewell greeting as she spoke, but before he reached the entrance to the tent she again detained him with the exclamation, "'Only this one thing more!' Does Herman deceive himself when he hopes so confidently for success with the weaver Arachne? Hardly, if the model whom he desires does not fail him. "'Is she beautiful, and did he find her here in tennis?' asked Daphne, trying to assume an indifferent manner. But Myrtilus was not deceived, and answered gaily, "'That's the way people question children to find out things. Farewell until the banquet, fair curiosity.' End of chapter six from book one.